So welcome, and thank you for joining the fourth episode of the No IT Podcast, the place where you get to know IT so you can own IT. My name is Bryant Brackett. I am a cyber and physical security advocate. I work with a company called BTI Communications Group. It's my sole purpose to keep up to date with these types of technologies so that I can better advise my clients on the best practices and how to better manage their IT and data networks. Today, we're going to be talking about the advances in cybersecurity. These things are always changing. There's always a new advancement. Every week, it seems like there's a new type of ransomware or a new type of malware that is released and the security industry is actively responding to all of these new threats in this ever-changing landscape. So my purpose here with the podcast is to get you guys a little bit more knowledgeable so that you're able to go back to your IT teams, have meaningful conversations on how you guys are going to protect yourselves and mitigate threats within that landscape. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Please like and subscribe for new episodes every Monday. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at No IT Podcast or on Instagram, that would be No IT Pod. You can also find me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Bryant Brackett, where I will be posting content throughout the week to kind of bridge the gap between episodes and keep you guys in the know as things are going on. So I hope you enjoy it and have a great day. Before we dive into the news, I want to give credit where credit is due. And I want to thank BTI Communications Group, who for the last 35 years, their sole goal and purpose was delivering the foremost level of technical quality that can be delivered. So if there's a project that you're looking to upgrade or implement within your data network, give BTI a call. Go to btigroup.com, click the banner in the top of the homepage, and schedule your free network assessment today. So there's, there's a couple of follow-up points that I want to discuss as we, as we get into the cyber attack news. A lot of things have developed over the last week, some of which that we talked about in our previous episode. Uh, go back and listen to that. That's episode three, Thriving in a Socially Distanced Business. Um, but one of the articles that we discussed was, a, was Blue Leaks, right, which is a hacker collective DDoS, DDO secrets, which is stands for distributed denial of secrets. And it is a activism collective that hacks different government systems and then presents that information to the public so that they can kind of see behind the curtain. And they, they claim that their intentions are pure and that they're just you know, using journalistic integrity to present information that is otherwise not presented to us in the media. Um, but with everything that's been going on with the, the protest against police brutality here in America and around the world, police departments had become more of a target than ever. And what DDO Secrets did was they received a, a bunch of files, 10 years worth of police data that was 
hacked by Anonymous. And DDO Secrets presented that into a searchable portal. But as of this week, or as of July 9th, German authorities had seized that server. So it was a portal that was presenting all the hacked police information, like scanned documents, videos, emails, audio files, training material, private law enforcement alerts. It all, it all congregated to a total of 269 gigabytes of data, or you know, in file terms, that's over a million files. Um, they, were, they were releasing these on a periodic basis, Users were going through the portal, sharing the information that they found on Twitter with hashtag blue leaks. That's now been shut down. DDO Secrets has released quote or released a statement. Emma Best is their is their spokesperson. She confirmed through her Twitter account that quote we have received official confirmation that hashtag DDO Secrets primary public download server was seized by German authorities. The server was used only to distribute data to the public. It had no contact with sources and was involved in nothing more than enlightening the public through journalistic publishing. So you can take that statement as you wish. Um, depends on on what you what you believe and whether you want to want to trust their intentions. Oftentimes, in many of these situations, there's more than one truth, but there's no way to confirm whether her word is truth. So the U.S. has also begun adding more companies to a federal contract ban. This is according to Reuters, who released an article on July 9th, NDAA 2019. NDAA has been around since the 60s. It stands for the National Defense Authorization Act. Well, in 2019, Donald Trump banned Chinese government-ran companies from selling products to the United States military, as well as some private sectors that service the military. So a few of the companies in- include a company called Hike Vision which makes CCTV equipment, cameras, and NVRs, as well as a company called Dawa that also does the same. Hike Vision is owned predominantly by the Chinese government and ran by, by the Chinese government, as is Dawa. And we've heard a lot about Huawei. And Huawei is basically China's answer to Apple. They have really, really high-end phones that are very high-functioning, designed really well, but there are so many holes within their operating system and every app on the Chinese app store is monitored by the government of China. So there isn't any sort of data privacy involved in any of these, these companies that we're speaking about today. So the, what NDAA did was it banned U.S. Be- vendors from supplying these systems to government agencies. And it created a fine structure to levy heavy fines on companies who, who do so. It's not just limited to the fact that these that the vendors themselves are providing these systems to the government, but it's also a ban on the on vendors that sell to the government from using these systems internally. So if you have any sort of government contract work or any sort of interest in that space, you really need to take account and take inventory of the systems that you have and where they came from and who the manufacturer was. Because Hike Vision and Dawa are notorious for rebranding their cameras. They don't actually release model numbers for any specific camera because they're constantly turning them over and coming out with new models rather than release firmware upgrades or updates that allow the cameras to get better over time through software and other security practices. Where it complicates things in the current environment is that Dawa and Hikvision are the two main manufacturers selling the temperature detection cameras used in a lot of hospitals and airports and public spaces right now. 
to scan the body temperature of somebody entering a facility. It's an answer to COVID that you know many, many organizations are using to stay open. Amazon has a problem on their hands because they just bought 1,500 of these systems from DAWA, and now they're unable to sell or use them. They can't use them internally. They can't sell them to the government. So they're literally sitting on 1,500 camera systems that they can't roll out. The other thing that complicates it for Amazon is that they're currently in a battle for a $10 billion cloud computing deal for the Pentagon. It's, it's a gigantic cloud computing contract that they're battling Microsoft. This has been going on for years and years that they've been trying to win this contract. And you know we'll have to wait and see if it tips the scales in Microsoft's favor in that particular deal, as well as what Amazon is going to end up doing with the cameras. My bet is, is that they end up in your local hospitals as the ban does not extend to the private sector specifically. It just extends to businesses that service the government agencies themselves, but it likely should. You know, it's no secret. I am a huge, huge Windows 10 advocate. I love it. It's the most intuitive Microsoft platform or operating system that they have come out with in years and years. They continue to innovate and make it easier for collaboration within the workspace. It's something that we use at BTI extensively. And they, they continue to release software updates to improve, excuse me, improve their system. They've recently released a free application that allows users to recover photos, documents, and videos and extends to both hard drives. So hard drives, solid state drives, USB drives, and memory cards. You're able to, if you accidentally delete a file or delete a picture or a video, you're able to recover them without, you know, having to freak out because the one photo that you scanned of your childhood is is uh, is now gone. That also being said, um, it's a more of an advanced tool that's targeted to network administrators who are familiar with the command prompt because Microsoft has come out with a bunch of pre uh, predetermined commands that allow the system to recover the file. And it's a situation where you're going to want to have your your network admin do this for you, or at the very least, look up the glossary commands on how to on how to execute and retrieve the data. But it's just another reason why I love and highly, highly recommend Windows 10 for your business operating system. And, you know, Microsoft has come up with some duds in the past, <laughs> Windows 7, but they are really nailing it with Windows 10. And with Teams, OneNote, Planner, these are all apps that I use daily to keep me organized and productive. Somehow they fit in perfectly with what I need to do day to day. And there was a non-existent learning curve when it came to fitting these tools into my daily routine. All, all it did was enhance um, everything that I do. It's, intent, it's intuitive, but I was able to figure, out, figure it out without any training and it didn't shift or change my process whatsoever. So as you can probably tell, big fan. In an event that surprises nobody, a data broker is selling databases containing user records of 14 different companies. And what are the companies? They're the Star Tribune, Zynga Poker, Reverb Nation, Wirecare, ClickFunnels, and Epic Games, amongst others. And some, are, uh, some of which are Facebook or mobile gaming apps. These are the single most consistently downloaded and used apps within computing today. One of the one of the problems with it is that they are incredibly vulnerable to data hacks. And 
you know, when you see, you know, Aunt Marge or, or Uncle Ken, you know, set, filling out the Facebook surveys with information about their childhood and, and, you know, where they grew up and how many kids they have and how Billy's doing, they're just giving all of the information that they, that a hacker would need to have a background on the person that they're trying to hack. Because oftentimes within those surveys are the answers to many of the password questions that allow you to reset or change your password if you were to forget it. It's something that we're going to keep track of as, as this kind of develops. It's just a huge issue. So if you're going to download a game on your iPhone, do yourself a favor. Skip the part of connect your Facebook page to that app. The only benefit that that has is that it allows you to brag to your friends about how, how well you do and how good you are at any specific game. And other than the fact that it's incredibly annoying when you share those types of posts, it'll save you a ton of potential headaches without having to really do anything. You can still pay your game, but you know just don't share it to Facebook. In other news, a CISA stands for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. It's a branch of the government that basically monitors the dark web and creates the cybersecurity policies that our nation is built on. They have recently come out with a new list and support. They've actually acknowledged the existence of these secret working lists for coronavirus research institutions that it is deemed necessary to give prioritized cybersecurity protection to them. These are, these are places like institutions, which are like 100 universities and pharmaceutical companies, and they're all working to share scientific research and data to create a vaccine or other COVID treatments. The problem is, is that these, this is a natural target for elite hackers. And when I use the term elite hackers, what I am referring to are state-sponsored hackers. Back in May, CISA and the FBI issued a technical advisory warning saying that China was engaged in a robust campaign to hack institutions involved in coronavirus research. And this isn't anything new. China has been engaged in a longstanding campaign to, U- to steal U.S. private and governmental intellectual property for years. It is, it's a country whose economy is backbone is the import-export business that the United States provides to them, both on the business and technology side. The advances in tech that tend to come out of China is consistently faulty and underperform their basic claims and usage purposes. But one of the great things about America is not just the United States, but Canada, Mexico, and the rest of South America, is that we have a collection of the greatest and most diverse minds in the world, consistently staying a step ahead of those who want to undermine our infrastructure in our society. I've never held scientists, doctors, and first responders in, in higher regard than I do now. When I was a kid, I was told that one day the geeks would rule the world. That is clearly the case in today's situation. I applaud all of you and cheer on your efforts with an open and full heart. You are the heroes we need but don't deserve. You know, before we get into our main topic of the day, I want to mention the fact that it's BTI's sole goal and purpose to provide you with the most up-to-date and best-of-breed solutions in the cybersecurity, IT, and physical security industries. So if there is a product or a system project that you are in interest within your data network, I highly encourage you to reach out to BTI Communications Group today. Go to btigroup.com, click the banner in the top of the homepage, and schedule a free network assessment today. So as we roll into how we got this topic this week, 
the cyber security and cyber attack landscape is constantly changing, right? A best practice today may not be a best practice six months from now. The hackers are constantly coming up with new forms and new methods of stealing your information and accessing data that shouldn't be accessed by anybody but the parties that the data pertains to. It's a constantly changing base that is kind of a cat and mouse game between the cybersecurity industry and the hackers themselves. Oftentimes, the motivation for the hackers is strictly financial gain. There are some that claim to be, claim to be activists and journalists that are simply sharing information and that you know, sometimes is true. Right? The purpose of the dark web, the original purpose of its creation is to allow communication in areas where the information is heavily controlled. Right, We talked about that in our first episode, uh, the principles of the dark web, but things are constantly changing. So I'm going to talk today about some of the advances in cybersecurity, some of the cutting edge research that is being done to better secure the data, and also stay a step ahead of the hackers. You know, some of the topics can be, can be really complex. My goal here is just to give you a general overview, and we can dive deeper into these topics in later episodes. But for now, I just want you to be aware of what's coming, what to pay attention to as you're kind of putting together your cyber plan for the next 12, 24, 36 months. Blockchain is some, is a buzzword that a lot of people have heard, they don't really understand, you know, what it means. And oftentimes it's used with Bitcoin because digital currency is the hot commodity today. Also the main function of how hackers receive their financial gains. The backbone that cryptocurrency is built on is called blockchain. Blockchain is essentially a digital ledger that allows secure sharing of information and identity authentication. So it's something that can't be edited, it can't be deleted, it can't be altered in any way, shape, or form. If I send you an email and it comes from Bryant Brackett and I'm sending it to you, the ledger will say Bryant Brackett sent an email to Dave and Dave received that email. And it authenticates the fact that it was Dave's account that received that email and that the email originated from my own account. And what this allows is it allows the system and allows the data to verify that the person receiving and sending the data doesn't have any malicious intent. It can't get into the hands of a, a hacker or a competitor or somebody that doesn't need to see that data. And a big driver of the research in this space, because it is cutting edge developing week after week, month after month, the main research uses and what's driving this area of cybersecurity is the healthcare industry. Their goal and purpose is securing patient data. Its primary usage within healthcare is to authenticate users and securely share data with the patient and doctors. Communications back and forth that are encrypted, but also authenticated as the correct user that's viewing that data. I shouldn't have access to your medical records when you're conversing back and forth with the doctor trying to decide on a best course of treatment via email. Because today, a lot of doctors aren't having in-person visits, especially here in, in California. Most of these, these visits are being done electronically, either through 
the healthcare providers app itself or through Zoom or other other means of communication. The main consideration and the main worry of healthcare is HIPAA compliance. And that's what it, that's the motivation behind all of this for healthcare because HIPAA establishes, um, it establishes regulations on the sharing of patient data. It's basically a, a protection act that's dedicated to making sure that your health information, your social security numbers, and your sensitive data isn't freely shared and is secured in the most advanced and secure way possible. And what HIPAA does is it, it established guidelines for healthcare companies. It's set up fines and established liability from for both the cybersecurity industry and the healthcare providers themselves. In healthcare in both industries, dedicating massive amounts of resources to protecting patient data. It's an area that BTI specializes in, and we supply many hospitals and clinics or you know, healthcare providers all across the United States. So it's something that we take very, very seriously and is something that I personally am putting special attention on because I see blockchain beyond the cryptocurrency uses being the next evolution in the cybersecurity space. The other is the, the other advancement in cybersecurity is cloud technology. And what the cloud is, it's this mythical thing that they, everybody refers to, cloud, cloud this, send it to the cloud. The cloud is a, is a remote server where data is stored instead of directly on the device, right? So Amazon is big in this space. So they have Amazon Web Services or, you know, iTunes or Apple uses iCloud. And it's basically servers that, the, that they host within their own data centers. They secure them and take take responsibility for it and then they allow you access for you know whether that's behind a paywall for a certain amount of storage space or if it's free with your with your new iPhone it's it's something that um, allows for faster computing because it requires less ram right and ram is random access memory and if you can think about it it's like when you're you can think about your brain and when your brain is doing five things at once that require a lot of attention and a lot of technical detail, your ability to access each and every single detail becomes scrambled when you have too many things going on. And the same thing happens to a computer when you have too many windows open or you have you have too many files saved on your hard drive locally. It, it slows down the computing process, basically can render your device unusable. So when your brain gets overwhelmed, you reach a state of confusion and it forces you to slow down to process each task. Same thing happens to a computer. Now on cloud servers, files are, are encrypted. So it's adding a layer of protection a hacker would need to break through to get to your files. So when you access your files in the cloud, a key is used to unlock the encryption and display the file content on your screen. Most public cloud services like Amazon, Google, and iCloud hold the key themselves and allow their systems to process and see user data and unlocks the when the user credentials or username and password are entered. So less secure due to the fact that if the cloud hosting service themselves get hacked, the user will not be able to know that their data has been compromised. But at the same time, they will also have to wait to be notified. So if you have a healthcare provider that is kind of keeping their cards close to their vest and they're not sharing the fact that your information was just hacked, which is, by, by the way, a violation of HIPAA compliance within healthcare, it becomes a tremendous problem both for you and for them. 
you're also stuck trusting the fact that these services are using the best practices within their cybersecurity protocols. So the three that I mentioned, Amazon, Google, and iCloud, they all hold that key. There are other services out there that give you the decryption key and allow you to control that, but there's a little bit higher of a paywall and it's a little bit more technical to establish the policies and protocols to secure the data. It's a little bit more involved on your end in setting setting those up as opposed to having a template that is the same across the board. Another area of innovation is IoT security, right? Internet of Things. Internet of Things are any device that's connected or integrated via Wi-Fi or the network. It can be anything from the thermostat within your office or the lights to the main machine that runs your production line. All of these things are linked together and what it allows is better communication and better insights to how the systems are working and the level of efficiency in which they're doing so. But the early adoption was a cluster of companies and services with no standard practice in connecting or securing devices. They were prone to hacks and security flaws and had massive limitations on integration with IoT devices across platforms and manufacturers because everybody had their own standard. Nobody was using the same, the same type of security source code or, or you know, APIs or anything like that to allow for different systems to integrate. So if you think about your house and you're an iPhone user, there is a application called Apple Home. And Apple Home allows you to connect all of the IoT devices within your house into one central application to manage and see the efficiency and set up your preferences within your house. It's cool in the fact that you can you can have it geolocate when you pull into the driveway. So it'll turn the lights on or when you leave your office, it'll turn the AC on so that your your house is cooled down when you get home, which is super useful here in California. But for a long time, it was a cluster trying to keep that secure. So you heard a lot about like Alexa's being hacked, Amazon's Alexa. And that really shed a lot of light on the issues and vulnerabilities for the industry as a whole. So they all got together, Amazon and Apple and you know, all the other major players in that space together and established an industry standard on how these devices are to be secured and integrated. That's gone a long way in making these these systems more user-friendly and secure at the same time. Now that these issues have been ironed out, the issues are now far more manageable. And essentially, it's just another device connected to your network that needs to be managed just as any other device, like a computer or a printer. You would install monitoring agents, firewalls, install active alerting software, you know, things like that to properly secure it the same way that you would with your phone, your printer, or your computer. Now, another area that I want to talk about is AI and machine learning. And AI is a big buzzword because a lot of people think that it's going to be the end of, of human work. Thinks that at some point, all of our jobs are going to be replaced by robots and humans are either going to be sitting on a beach in Tahiti with their feet up drinking a Mai Tai, or they're going to be circling the drain, completely dreading the fact that they don't have any purpose because they can't, they can no longer work and feel productive and they are contributing to, to the world. There's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to AI and machine learning, and it's not as far along as your mind or Hollywood would lead you to believe. 
but the purpose and the uses of AI and machine learning is to detect malicious activity and stop attacks. So it actively monitors email accounts and high traffic data streams to learn the typical traffic and the typical day-to-day uses of it. And then if anything changes and, or anything seems to be abnormal, it will alert the network administrator to the fact that there's a bunch of data streaming from one specific email account. That's usually a good indication that there's something going on within that account that needs to be addressed, whether that's the person sending, you know, video and audio files, you know, back and forth to, to somebody, or they are actually streaming on YouTube. Either way, somebody needs to take a look at that to verify if that is malicious or if it's just a special use The other thing that AI and machine learning is, is that it enhances human analysis, right? So over time, the system will learn the patterns of the environment that it's in. And a big application of that and where you hear a lot of of noise on today is in the security space, the CCTV space specifically, because there are new commercial grade systems like a Vigilon that use machine learning to better understand the movement within the scene on any given camera. And it allows the system to alert admins to unusual events within the scene, right? Like a car driving on the wrong side of the street, if you're the city, or a car going the wrong, the wrong direction in your, in your distribution um, pickup zone, your trucking yard. It learns what's typical of that environment. And then if anything changes or anything looks weird, it alerts people to, the fact that that's going on. Now, the other other areas that AI and machine learning are, are being used is within the smart thermostats and lighting systems. It can be integrated with your alarm or building management system. And the machine learning aspect of it is it's used to analyze, analyze the pattern within your building, such as automatically switching on the air conditioning in the office at the time that your business is scheduled to open or a half hour before, you know, whatever the parameters that you set to make it make your office comfortable as your employees go to work or show up to work. It also allows you to shut things down when there are less people within the office, right? So it saves you a lot on energy costs, but it also gives you a lot of insight on, you know, where your where waste is occurring and allows you to go in and mitigate those effects. Ultimately, it all comes down to the security of the application itself. That's another area that's driving a lot of innovation in the cyberspace because application security, it's the process of making apps more secure by finding flaws within the application and then fixing them, plugging up the holes, so to speak, so that there are less windows for hackers to climb through. So if you think of your network as a house, right, your applications are essentially windows to your network, whether that's on your mobile device or on your, on your desktop computer itself. If there's all of these holes in there, they can climb through one of them and access and use some sort of snake ransomware or maze ransomware to access the system and go device to device infecting them all. So a primary innovation in that space is in the mobile apps themselves. There's a trend in business that has been going on for some time now. I've been hearing about it for years because my mother works in the mobile industry called BYOD, and that stands for Bring Your Own Device. And that refers to the fact that many businesses are using mobile phones, both employees' personal phones, or supplying the employees with phones themselves. If it's a personal phone, 
oftentimes the company will provide a stipend for the bill. But because of the lack of firewalls or other traditional protections when you're out in the field, they rely heavily on applications that store an increasing amount of personal data to provide a more tailored experience for the end user. So many tech companies will hold hackathons, which we've talked about before, where hackers are encouraged to expose the flaws within a given application. And sometimes after it has been released within the app store. And this is one of the methods they use to shore up those holes or, or make sure that the windows are locked. They'll place bounties on, on an app that hackers will receive payment for sharing the flaws with the developers and allowing the developers to fix those flaws. All in all, cybersecurity is a space where an, an enormous amount of innovation is occurring day in and day out. A best practice today may be exposed, exposed as a flaw tomorrow, and it is up to the vendors and administrators to keep up with the advance in the space. I don't pretend to be the be-all, end-all, most technical expert here. There are many, many people smarter than I who are in the trenches pushing cybersecurity to new heights. However, who I am and what I do is act as a conduit between you and the innovators, deciphering the technical jargon and breaking it down in ways you hopefully find it easy to understand. Hopefully, I fulfilled my own goal and purpose for this episode, and I want to thank you for listening for new episodes every Monday. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. You can find me personally on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash IN slash Bryant's Bracket. I share IT and physical security content there and on the No IT Podcast Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash No IT Podcast. And also on Instagram at No IT Podcast. Take care. We got to give it up. I got to give a salute and a tip of the cap to BTI Communications Group. BTI has been around for 35 years and their first and primary goal, as always, has been to deliver the foremost level of technical quality that can be delivered in the IT, physical, and cybersecurity space. So if there's any project that you are considering implementing within your network or any sort of upgrades that you feel should be made to your cybersecurity plan, I highly encourage you to reach out to BTI Communications Group. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can go to btigroup.com. Click the banner in the top of the homepage and schedule a free network assessment today.